0: And welcome to The Turning Point, a weekly show that's being created to help you overcome the challenges of having the career you always dreamed of. Together, we're going to be learning how to overcome those obstacles that may stand in your way. My guests will give you an insight into their own turning point and what issues they came across when starting their journey to a happier working life. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Turning Point. Today has been one that I've been looking forward to for quite some time and I don't know this guy, but when I when I asked people to come on, I asked them to send over a short bio, and this one really got me excited. So meet Claude Vignet, and what he sent me over is exactly this. So the bio was, How does a fat, lazy, income, 45-year-old man living in a mobile home turn out to be a strong, lean, healthy 50-year-old man living in a half-million-dollar home? He's also an author, a motivational speaker... And he's going to tell his story and his story of uh, in his um, his own conference. So it certainly sounds interesting. So Claude, welcome to the show. I can't wait.
1: Hi, Daniel. Uh, very nice to be here. I really appreciate it.
0: I, I mean, like I said, I can't wait. So do tell.
1: Well, of course, you'd like to know uh, how the fat, lazy, low-income man uh, became <laughs> became. Too, uh... I don't. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sounds
0: awesome. But we don't have to start there. I know there's a. You, you, like you say, you've got a few different uh, turning points in your life. So uh, some of the some good, some bad. So let let's do it, man. Let's do it.
1: Absolutely. Well, if we go through the history quickly, um, when I was out of school, when I came out of school, uh, I graduated as an electronics technician, and I landed this job um, fixing computers at the uh, I, what we called Urgence Santé here, which is uh, probably internationally known as a 911 call center. And um, I, I was working on the computers there, fixing computers and uh, and installing networks and whatnot. This, uh, this was back in the early '80s, so we're not talking about the same kind of computers we're, <laughs> we have today. <laughs> So anyway, I did that for quite some time, but it was a government job, right? So I had all the security that you, one could imagine, and I had the, uh, you know, above average wages, and uh, everything was great. The, the, the only problem was that this kind of job didn't really satisfy me i mean i was going to work like everybody else and everybody was getting as they were getting older they were getting more frustrated with everything around them it's like we were just uh machinely doing a job you know and i don't know i felt there was something more out of life than just going to work and back so um i started to look around for something uh, something different something more exciting uh something that could take me to the next level and um At one point in in 1992, uh, my mother gave me this book, uh, which is by Florence Scovel Shin, uh, called uh, The Game of Life and How to Play It. So I read the book, and it it probably wasn't the trigger, but it actually, I, I guess I was just waiting for an excuse to make a move, and this book kind of got me going. So all of a sudden, I started to wear a tie. Don't ask me why. I, <laughs> I I wanted to take things to the next level. And I said, "Well, I'll just do something and see what happens." And um, then I started looking around me for uh, opportunities to uh, to do something else than what I was doing. And my family was in uh, was in the financial world. My father was. Uh, um, uh, financial planner and so was my grandfather and my uncle and whatnot. So I figured I might get into the financial world and see see what that brings up.
0: That's quite a common a common trend, isn't it, to follow family members?
1: Absolutely. Uh, Interesting
0: that you took one route and then thought, right, I will try this, which kind of hint, hint sticks with not necessarily going to do the norm.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, the thing is that, I did that because I looked around and tried to find an opportunity instead of going deeply into myself and trying to find what what I like to do. Um, Because apparently, I I was younger, I was, uh, I guess I was insecure, which is probably the disease most people suffer from. Mm -hmm. And um, I tried to see whatever would have the most chances of working for me. Um, Of course, I, I, you know, I did become a financial advisor and uh that did work out for a few years but my heart was not there I mean I never asked myself if I really wanted to do this I simply grabbed the opportunity and and went along with it so after a few years of that um I, I was getting pretty bored with it you know and uh, one day one of my friends uh, my best friend actually walks into my office and says hey uh, I have this project There's a friend of mine who wants us to organize a show. That's what we used to do when we were young. We had a band and we we would play music and all that. He says, uh, the guy wants us to organize a show and uh, we can, you know, grab some talent around us and put this show together and, and we'll just go and uh, produce it. I said, are you crazy? You have your business. I have mine. We have no time for this. (laughs) And my heart was saying, yes, 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 go. (laughs) So anyway, uh, don't ask me how, uh, Few weeks later, we were on the road with this beat-up old van and and a bunch of audio and lighting equipment, with uh, another van following us with young talent we found here and there, and we put the show together, and um, that went well. But as we were driving back, uh, we were we both agreed that we're too old for this, and that's it. We're we're not doing this again. And two months later, how old were you at that point? I was thirty-seven, I suppose, um, and. A couple months later, my friend had a dance and singing school, <laughs> and and we started producing these shows, and uh, I simply got into show business that way and I was more into the technical aspect I I always liked sound and lighting and uh but I I had no idea that you could actually earn a living doing that <laughs> I discovered that by accident mm-hmm. and and we were just doing these shows on weekends when we weren't working and uh and I was thinking wow wouldn't it be nice if I could do this for a living and uh I don't know somehow the, uh, the idea got through and uh, I was able to make my way and up till today where I'm, uh, I'm actually a lighting designer and I do this for a living. And it was funny because at the beginning, when I really started doing this as a career, uh, I was like sitting and in, in behind a console, uh, swinging lights for uh, uh, this kid's birthday party, <laughs> and, I, and I felt guilty. You know, I thought, "What the hell am I doing here? I mean, it's, shouldn't I be working or doing something serious?" Then I had to think, you know, "Yeah, I'm actually getting paid for this." You know? <laughs> so, anyway, that was that. That was a short. Um, a retrospective of uh, my both major career changes um, what came uh, what brought about the uh, motivational speaking stuff and all that that was a dream it was an old dream I had since since I was 12 and um, when I when I turned 45 I'm sorry were, were, you, were you going to ask something I was just gonna say
0: this so that was around 37. Yeah. So that, how long? How long did you did you do uh, sort of the production stuff for? Because I, I know we get up to the age of being forty five. Like you just alluding to, yeah, then
1: that's right. Well, so, yeah. Actually, from thirty seven on, I mean, I spent a lot of time uh, doing shows, and uh, and actually, I started. Uh, Buying some musical instruments and started writing songs and and producing these uh, these record albums uh, for for the artists we were uh, we were actually producing.
0: And, and is this what you were doing full time? You, so you, you, you were not in the financial uh, sector anymore.
1: Well, I was kind of in between. I was still taking care of my business, um, but slowly moving away because my heart was more into this uh, this this uh, show business stuff. Um, so
0: how, how hard was that? Cause it, it was your own business that you, that you, that you had. And then you thinking, "Oh, I'm going to move. I'm just going to move away from this well, and follow the passion.
1: Yeah. I took up a partner uh, at a certain point and, uh, we were both taking care of the financial thing and, uh, around 2001, uh, uh, I, I slowly started to move away from the financial world and to eventually turn the whole business over to my partner and just go full-time into uh, into producing shows and all that. Um, what triggered it was in 2001. My, my mother died of brain cancer uh, at, uh, oh f- at the age of 59. And I, I wasn't expecting that. I mean, I was expecting my mother to live forever, I guess, like everybody else, right? Um, but... What happened is i kind of got frustrated and i said okay so this is life this is what can happen to you all right um so if that ever happened to me what would i like uh, to get done before it happens and then i started thinking well okay life is too short to lose your time with whatever you don't feel like doing uh, so that's when I turned off the switch. That was somewhere late 2001. I, I just turned off the switch and I said, "Okay, that's it with the financial world. Uh, let's go ahead with the, uh, the all this music uh, business and uh, and production." And I actually locked myself in a studio writing songs and, uh, and actually just going out on tour with the uh, with the people we were producing for five years until I ran out of money uh, because that that wasn't. Uh, that wasn't a very good job <laughs> to support a family. <laughs> um, but after that, it's funny because uh, once we stopped touring and everything and uh, we kind of came to a conclusion that, well, we need to move on to something else because uh, apparently we have to earn a living. Um, That's such a shame when that happens, isn't it?
0: Well, yes and no. That we have to earn a living and we can't just do the things that, <laughs> that we enjoy that don't yeah, make enough okay. money for us or any at all.
1: Well, yeah, of course. I mean, it is it is a shame, but then again, it forces you to, to find a, a way. Um, because I went back to that uh, thing I was thinking about by like, it, wouldn't it be nice if I could earn, earn a living doing this? And what happened was uh, one day to the next, I, I wound up at the uh, rental company where I was renting uh, all the uh, the lighting and sound stuff. And I told them, well, I could sure use a job now until things uh, kick off again. And they hired me, they put me in the shop at nine dollars an hour, uh, fixing uh fixing cables. And that lasted about two weeks. Then they discovered who <laughs> I was and what I was able to do, and then I they just put me on the road and I started uh doing the the sliding stuff. And uh
0: wow, two weeks. Two weeks from shop assistant to uh
1: Yeah. Lighting pro. Yeah, well, I, well, not exactly pro, but uh, lighting guy, let's say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the pro came later. Um, but yeah, I just got into it because I was so passionate about it, so I would do these shows and i try to get these lights to do what I wanted to, uh, them to do and then uh, when I, w- uh, whenever I would get stuck I'd fake it. Uh, like one time all the lights were jammed and I, I was trying to do something and I, I guess I had put too many layers of, of commands one on top of the other and, and I totally lost control of the rig. And uh, I, I just hit the reset button. I had my, my hand over the reset button which what, what it does, it, it brings all the lights back to white in a central position. And mm-hmm. from there, you can, you know, rebuild in whatever look you want. And I was looking at the DJ and I was just waiting. And one time the DJ did like a punch and I just hit the button at the same time and all the lights went white on the dance floor. And the DJ looked at me and said, yeah, man. <laughs> and, and I said, no, you have no idea. I was in such trouble. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I just did it at the right time. That's all. <laughs> so I guess I had this sort of talent uh to make the lights uh, move and flash uh, like i say i'm jamming with the band i'm playing on the same chord i just have a different instrument called the lighting uh mm-hmm. console so uh since i was very passionate about that i just worked and worked and worked like for the first six years i i put so much energy into it but that's the thing um, if you want to succeed at something if you want to be able to make a living um out of whatever you're passionate about, uh, that, that is totally doable because you're not going to count the hours. You will never get tired. You you always feel like getting up and doing what you need to do. Uh, whereas the the other uh, job I was doing before in the financial world, I had to kick myself in the butt to get up and do it because yeah. it wasn't it wasn't natural to me. You know,
0: and that that's the key thing, isn't it? It's when you're doing something you enjoy.
1: It's not work absolutely that's right that's right and and people it seems that people are afraid to go ahead and and do what their hearts are telling them to do because it seems that there's no openings in that particular market but yeah
0: i think i think some people are think it's not there as well they think it's almost this fairy tale thing
1: yeah that's right that's right of course if you're uh if your dream is to be a rock star uh yeah there might be limited om- openings for that uh, unless you are really truly talented and and uh, you know the right people but there there's always something besides it i mean the technical world uh, that the show technical world is filled with frustrated musicians um, yeah. You know, I've, I've seen too often uh, grab a guy who's just rolling cables and uh, tell him to go up on stage and go boom-boom on the piano to see if he's getting a signal, and the guy will sit down and play like a god, and yeah. probably better than the guy who's actually starring that night. Uh, don't be surprised. I mean, technicians are like that. Most of them are very, very good musicians. They just never made it. but. Yeah. They found something they can do, which is in the same branch and earn actually earn a living and have fun doing it. You know.
0: Yeah, I mean the 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 fans of music they get to see music daily, Ab- live music.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and they're surrounded by by the uh, you know the, the, the that world, which is uh, so fascinating. But but that's me. That's that's my trip. I mean, I, I suppose whatever anybody feels like doing, um, it's it's getting over the insecurity. Uh, I guess everybody is, is looking for a chance to uh, to make a swap uh, the safest as possible, Try not to risk whatever they have already gathered. And uh, I'm afraid that risk is part of the game. I mean, you have to go ahead with it and you have to trust yourself. That's, that's the main thing. I mean, that
0: is the main thing, isn't it? Because we all build up this pile of risk. Yeah. Um, and you can't imagine not being... Uh, not feeling secure on a, on a monthly or weekly basis. Um, I mean, when I first started the studio, uh, I, <laughs> I actually started it with, with next to no money because I didn't have any money at the time because as a student, so I wasn't getting paid. And I thought, well, I'm going from no money to no money. So nothing will change. Mm-hmm. As As where the, the, my business partner he just quit his job. I mean, we built up a bit of cash, but it wasn't anything substantial. It wasn't anywhere near ten. Ten thousand pounds, or anywhere near that, maybe not even five, but it was just a bit to keep the office up, to get pay the office rent and let us get some equipment and more importantly paint the wall yellow. <laughs> um, but he, like the thing, I, I just had nothing, so I thought, well, I can I can earn nothing for a bit longer. Mm-hmm. But obviously, having having much more uh, much more risk does make that much more daunting. Uh, I certainly wouldn't be able to do that now from nothing, but people. Um, it would allow people to make some sort of savings while developing uh, technique or skill in their of, along the route of, to follow their passion. So there are ways and means to make things uh, work. And uh, if it means eating uh, cheap food for a long time and it's for the greater good, then if you're willing to commit to that, then... You're on the right path.
1: Well, absolutely, and and the the change can be uh, can be slowly, can be uh, progressive. I mean, you can start getting involved into something part time or uh, on your free time, and uh, try to get into the uh, to the community of whatever it is you wish to go towards. You know. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the problem with most humans is we're impatient. We want everything to happen now, quickly, and, and the, the, in the most perfect way. Um, unfortunately, uh, that is very, very rare. I mean, you have to fight for something. And I always say that everything I got into, uh, at the time, It was a very good thing that I did not know exactly what I was getting into or I would never have done it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So now that it's done, I say, okay, maybe there's a couple things I shouldn't have done. uh, But I'd rather say today, um, when I think back, I'd rather say I shouldn't have done this or that than having to say I should have.
0: Oh, well, we're, we're shaped by the good and bad decisions that we make.
1: That's right. That's right. And I, I do. So you wouldn't be the same person you are today
0: for good or bad choices, because you certainly learn from the bad ones and you learn from the good ones. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. But the thing is, it's just to be persistent and, and be patient, because, I mean, once you've attained your, your end goal, which you absolutely want to have... Um, at that point, it doesn't matter anymore how much time and how much effort and how many repetitions it took to get there. Um, but that is once you've reached your goal. I mean, as long as you haven't reached it, you've, you you get the feeling that you'll never make it because it's just taking so long. Uh, but I mean, it's it doesn't matter. I mean, as long as you're working towards it, I mean, you're, you're at least making things better every day. You know.
0: Yeah, you got, uh, you got to do something uh to actually make to do anything really a a close friend of mine says you don't actually know what you want to do until you start doing it that's right (laughs) that's absolutely right so i i think that's i think that's one of the best things i've ever heard which has kind of led me into what this is so it's it's certainly very interesting because i'm a guy who likes to talk to people like my wife like literally says you will talk to anybody. <laughs> it makes a laugh. Um, but it's just me. I just do it. So it's, it's frustrating me that it's taken me this long to get to a podcast because that's exactly what <laughs> this is.
1: Well, I, I think that's the best thing. That's what we have today. We can do that podcast. But my wife tells me the same thing. We're in a lineup for something and I'll talk to the guy behind me. And she says, well, you don't know him. Yeah. So we talk the same yeah, language. It's exactly. a start. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, there's something else I wanted to mention and it it, it slipped my mind uh well it, it'll come back I guess
0: yeah Whatever. so Let's just delve in. Let's just delve into what it was like living in this mo- mobile home.
1: Well, yeah, actually, uh, well, of course, it does sound dramatic when when I when I talk about it that way. The, the home.
0: Because you you briefly mentioned in passing that you, you had a family as well.
1: Well, yeah, actually, yes, I do. Have, well, they're 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 grown up and gone now. But um, at the time uh, when I bought that mobile home, the thing is, I was coming out of five years of being locked up in a studio trying to make it as a composer. Um, Mm -hmm. so I kind of came out of that with, uh, nothing at all. I mean, no house, no car, nothing. I mean, just, I just lost literally everything I I had. I actually had to sell the house to avoid bankruptcy. And, uh, I was actually living in the house for quite some time as a tenant. I was paying rent in my own house. All right. So uh, how was that? Well, mentally, that that, that was very hard. Um, because well, actually, it was hard, and it was relieving at the same time because I didn't have to tell everybody. It it was transparent. I was still living in the same place, so nobody really knew at what point, you know, the the situation had gotten out of hand. Um, but it was um, it was very hard um, on the ego for, at first because uh, you know we bought that house when we got married, and we we lived in it all together. We lived in it for 19 years. Um, so uh yeah well that was about around the same time when i i got this job at the sound and lighting company and i started making a little more money and it took a few years and i was able to to build up some uh some cash and and then i was able to buy this this mobile home Uh, this mobile home was not the end of the world i mean it 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 wasn't new but it had been renovated and uh it, it was quite comfortable um
0: because it, it, I'm, I'm imagining it's a,
1: it's a fairly
0: big one because the, the difference in size to um, yeah. mobile homes over in uh, the US and, I, and in Canada will be much bigger than the ones that we have here in the UK. Well,
1: I, I'm guessing. I've never been to the UK. I can't really compare. But just to give you an idea, I had a 15,000 square foot lot that that I, I actually owned, and uh, the house was, uh, I believe, was something like 65 feet by 14 or by 16, maybe. And uh, with, it had an extra add-on, which we used as a living room and had a, a large covered deck, a, an above ground pool, a double garage on a, in a separate building. So it, it was a nice place to live. Uh, But as I say, I liked it, but my wife was not so enthusiastic about it. (laughs) Of course, she was grateful for the fact we were able to purchase this property after all the financial burden we'd been through, but uh, something was missing, and I guess you could call that pride. Um, So, you know, since she had been supporting me all these years through all my craziness and uh, and my, my small victories and major failures, I felt this time, I guess it's about time I do something for her. So out of love, I picked myself up and decided to, um, uh, she was dreaming of having this, this new house. Well, actually, the one we live in now um, on a nice big lot without any backyard neighbors, you know, this brand new house and whatever. Um, I decided to start working towards that. And but but of course I had a hell of a mountain to climb before I could even hope to make that happen at the time because yeah. I I weighed almost two hundred and eighty pounds all fat no muscle, and I was lazy. I could spend entire days slouching on a couch and eating cookies with a good layer of peanut butter on them. <laughs> yeah, that was my trick. By the way, I would put peanut butter between the cookies to make them stick together, so I could carry more at once from the living room uh, from from the kitchen to the <laughs> living room. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> Like, <laughs> so, but do you know the trigger? And when when you want to do something like that, I, I mean, I had to change me. I had to change my personality because the only way I could, I could, uh, eventually afford to get a house like that. While well, it was, I, I had to work more. I had to be more active. I had to be. uh, uh I had to get in shape. In other words, and mm-hmm. getting in shape was something I had gotten pretty good at failing. <laughs> Um, but this time failure was not an option because, uh, you know, I, I had promised this to my wife and I said, well, I have to deliver. Um, so to just to get things going, I, you know, everybody has their own inspiration. I got my hands on, on an Anthony, Anthony Robbins book. I read it from cover to cover and that just got me going and I hadn't stopped since. So I mean sometimes so what, what
0: what sort of things did you lay in place to get to get yourself moving because it's, it's it is quite a dramatic change yes so you've you've gone from you go from a mobile home into your wife's dream house, which I mean i don't know what the house looks like but if it's your wife's dream house it's not shabby
1: it it's not shabby it's 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 modest compared to a millionaire's house believe me it's uh it's nothing fancy but it's new it's on a twenty-two thousand square foot lot that ends up on a river um it is a nice place but the thing is you, I mean, you've
0: had to yeah you've had to put quite a lot of things in place and yes make dr- dramatic changes personally uh, for uh weight and fitness but come into income as well you, you've had to do a lot of things so if, if we could just talk about those because people are going to want it's, it's it does sound like a success story so people are going to want to be want to know how you did that and see if they can do it themselves and replicate it.
1: well absolutely anybody can do it the thing is um it in the end when you look at the, the end result it, it is a dramatic change but it all happened one little change at a time I did one little thing, like I I, I had to start um, losing weight, okay? I had to start getting fit. I wasn't moving and I was eating very, very badly. Um, I started by doing these little changes. The first thing I did was I cut butter from my food intake. And I started doing five minutes of mild exercise every day. The thing is to get it going and do it every day until it becomes a habit. Once it becomes a habit, it runs by itself and you can move on to making another little change and that adds on to the other change. Uh, same thing with, uh, with income. I I, by then i had gotten a pretty good reputation as a lighting designer so I, all i really had to do to make more money was answer the phone and say yes i'm available it was all a matter of accepting the gigs and working harder the thing is i had never done it before because my body weighed a ton and i was fat and lazy that's well that's what i believe but once again i mean whatever you are is just whatever you believe in Because I started convincing myself, and I I looked around for references, believe me, there are plenty, um, that might change the way I perceive myself, and that was pretty easy to do. So all I had to do after that is just make these minor changes that don't disturb your social life or whatever it is you're used to. And once you've started working on these minor changes, then they build up, and over time, time is your friend or is your enemy, depends on how you use it. But if you're making these little changes and you're making your life better every day, then that accumulates. And after a couple of years, it's amazing what you can achieve. And that's pretty much the, the, the story I tell in the book. I wrote. And then that's the reason why I wrote the book, actually, is to help others uh, trying to get over that problem I was having at the time. And uh, it's also the, uh, the reason for my motivational speech. So I can... Uh, I can carry the news on over to whoever's in the same situation I was a few years ago.
0: What do you think the biggest obstacles were that you had to overcome? Pardon? Actually, we can split that. What do you think of the biggest personal obstacle was? And what do you think the, the biggest obstacle was when it came to making uh, making the career and, and bringing in the income?
1: Well, the biggest obstacle was actually myself. It was actually the way I, I perceived life and the way I perceived myself. Like when you think you're lazy, when you think you're fat, when you think you're not worthy, when you think you can't make it or you don't have the energy or you're too old or whatever, that is the biggest obstacle, changing your mindset into believing you are something else than old, fat and lazy, if that is the
0: is it, I- problem. Isn't the old saying, I think, therefore I am.
1: Oh, I totally agree with that. <laughs> I should yes. read
0: that. I, I, That's always been something I, I, I saw somewhere on TV or read, but I can't actually remember where where I heard it, but I, I really should find out. I'm going to have to do that when we're done.
1: Yes, I, I heard that quite a few times too, and I, I not only I agree with it, but I actually lived it. I mean, this it, it's just, uh, it, it all begins with a mindset. It all begins, be, begins on... What you think you are, what you think you can achieve, because nothing is stopping you from becoming something else, or or doing more, or you know, if you think you can't, you're not up to doing something. It is learnable. Everything is learnable.
0: Mm. It's that positive mental attitude that stems yes into
1: Yes, it? of course. And and the thing is, that's that's why I say you need some kind of a trigger. And for me. A book by Anthony Robbins is a pretty good trigger because the guy keeps on saying over and over, "There is nothing that you can't do. It's it's all it's all a matter of how you think and how you interpret it in your head." So when you start off with that, and somebody, and and what I what I appreciate about that guy is that he started off with nothing also, and he started off uh, um, living in a, a bachelor and and having no money and having no success at all, and look what he turned out to be. So. The thing is, it's it's easier if you start looking for people who are in the same situation as you are and that got out of it and, and were able to attain success. and believe me, there are plenty of those. and most of the time they're they're also approachable. you can go somebody who wasn't born rich, let's say that's your goal. you want to be rich. If find somebody who was not born rich and who made it on his own. And nine times out of ten, that person is attain is is uh, is is reachable, and and you can actually talk to that person, and that person will be glad to tell you a story and help you out because these people are proud of what they've done, and they like to share their story. Yeah. You know.
0: I mean, that's something I've found with this. I mean, I've got um, we've got some people um on the who've been on the show who are sort of kings of what of of this arena, and they're like. I just asked and they've been on the show and I can't, it's just awesome. Particularly this area. I found it's such a, a tight based community, but people are regardless of success or failure, people are still people and they're yeah. the same as you.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and it's, uh, I mean, uh, it's, it's just getting over the, uh, the, the initial fear of uh, well, what, what would they'll think? What do they think of me? Uh, what will they think of me? what. uh, imposter syndrome. Yeah, absolutely. And no, nobody's an imposter. I mean, if you don't know how to do something, you can learn to do it. Everything is learnable, actually. Um, the The only thing is, is accepting that, yeah, you have a place there too, <laughs> like everybody yeah. else. I mean, why why one person more than you? No, this, it, it doesn't happen that way. I mean, if it's education you lack, everything is learnable. You can always sign up for a course or whatever. And there's that much we
0: can digest online as well. There's this fascinating tech age that we live in. Oh. I mean, you can learn
1: you can learn pretty much anything. This is this is wonderful. Um we we didn't have this back in the eighties. Um, this this is amazing. I mean you can you can walk away with an MBA without ever leaving your house. I mean, I'm I'm totally amazed at this. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's crazy, yeah. isn't and, it? And
1: and it's all and it's all very affordable too. I mean, you can get just about any education you want from from your computer. So it's uh, yeah. Actually, that's that's one way I started switching my life around. I remember at one time I was working for this dance company and I was traveling all over the world uh, doing these shows, and uh, I was I was getting pretty frustrated with it. Maybe because I'm not much of a dance fan, but um, I was traveling a lot and I was never at home. And I would leave like for twenty days in a row and all that. And I figured, well, I did all this work to be able to offer my wife her house and everything. And now I'm going to leave her there and wander off the world all the time. Um, mm-hmm. That that just didn't fit. So I had, I wanted to change this around and I figured, well, how can I do that? What, what do I need to learn and where can I learn it? And then I had my phone in my pocket all this time, which is a magic wand for me. <laughs> and I figured, <laughs> well, what do you know? Everything's in there. I can, I can find out anything I want in there and i also had this problem with airplanes because i was pretty fat right i was like still about 270 pounds at the time and uh sitting in an economy uh, flight seat for hours was not a very pleasant experience for me um it's uh the, a little anecdote uh, when the um uh, the stewardess came up to me and says can you tie your belt i said don't rub it in okay if you can't see it it's tight <laughs> <laughs> And what's the big idea anyway? I'm so stuck here. Even if we should fly upside down, I'll remain stuck here. <laughs> One time I dropped a dollar on the floor, I had to leave it there. I couldn't bend over to pick it up. Impossible. <laughs> so anyway, um, then I, I when I got this idea about listening to to podcasts and, and audiobooks and all that. And then I, I found out the wonderful world of audiobooks, uh, which you can listen to crammed up in an airplane when you're waiting for something, when you're on the bus, when you're stuck in traffic in your car. All this wasted time becomes priceless because you're getting an education and, and you're, you're getting to know how you can get closer to whatever it is that you want. All this information is available most of the time for free, like this podcast we're doing right now. This is, this is amazing. I'm so glad to be a part of this because uh, I know this is going to change lives.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's what we want to do, just help people along the way. And that's what everybody's trying to do. And just going back to ever being accessible, that's what all everybody wants to do, mm. isn't it? Um, so just one of the last things I want to cover just talk to me a little about the book and the motivational stuff I mean we did one thing uh, which came first
1: well actually my first idea was to uh, was to put together a motivational speech and uh, help people uh, uh, actually just just spread the word about what I had discovered and how uh, how the psychological aspect of changing your life of getting fit losing weight making more money whatever it is you're after um I wanted to share that because I had been working on it for 35 years and I finally found a way that, to make it work. And my first idea was to, uh, to, to put together a motivational speech and just go out there and tell people. Um, but I said, since I have to document what I'm going to say anyway, why not write a book? So I started off writing a book, and once the book was finished, and I did that with the help of uh, Pat Flynn, you know, his uh, his ebook, uh, How to Write a Killer Ebook. I started off with that. I didn't know that. I didn't know you could do that, you know. So I actually got the idea of writing a book. So I wrote the ebook, and then I then I, I decided to publish it with uh, Create Space. And then after that, since I used to have a recording studio, I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty good with, uh, with sound and all. So I decided to record the audio book. And once that was done, I figured, okay, now I have to take care of my speech. I can't just read the book. That's boring. So I, ha- I rewrote the whole speech again. <laughs> so the, actually the book came first, but my first idea was to, uh, to write a speech and when I started writing this speech, then I started to offset from the original idea that's in the book, which is focused on weight loss. Now I decided to focus, uh, you know, broaden up the focus a little bit and, and go more towards general achievement. That's why I talk about the house and I talk about the uh, uh, the weight loss and getting fit and everything else that comes with it. And um so that makes it a little more complete, in my opinion. And so if, uh, if I'm speaking to a crowd and uh, nine people out of ten are not overweight, at least they have something else to hang on to. <laughs> <laughs> and and what, what is the book
0: called for people who don't know? Pardon? What is, what is the book called oh, for the, people who don't the know? The book
1: is called uh, The Most Powerful Weight Loss Device Ever Made, The Human Brain. And that title actually came to me, it is a little ironic because I was observing people who were buying these uh, exercise machines off the internet and off the uh, TV commercials that, that, you know, the ab thing and the, that that you're supposed to buy this thing and uh, two weeks after you're going to look like an athlete. Um, I found that very funny because people are, are looking for devices to do that for them. And uh actually the most the strongest device or the most powerful device you'll ever lay your hands on you already possess it's it's in your head it's your brain <laughs> mm-hmm. so that i i wanted to do the parallel between the uh, the device and the and uh, and the brain and that that's where the uh that, that's how the title uh, came to me
0: so i i just have a question that i like to ask people at sure. the end um, so you've been through quite a lot some some uh, particularly big downs uh, and, and up at the end and it's just was it worth it was everything worth it The selling the house to
1: living in a, mod, a mobile home was it all worth well, it well to resume um, you know a, a life's worth of uh, trial and error I'd do everything over again the same way in the exact same way I mean, I think I am what I am today because of all this, because of the good things and because of the bad things and the errors and the uh, and the success and the, the, the chances and everything. It all came, I am today what I am because of all I've been through. And I don't think that I would be the same person if I had it all easy or if I hadn't done it. So yes, yes, I, I would do everything over exactly the same way I did it
0: and the big take out of this what what i've uh, i've certainly taken away is that you give you get your portray this uh, sense of everything is entirely attainable and by you actually demonstrating that to because of what you are today and that nothing's out of reach you can do what you put your mind to but and you are what you believe you are um and i'd love people to sort of take that on and and embrace that and i'd certainly love people to get in touch with you and sort of ask you questions so if we could just give them some way of being able to get in touch with you just to open their mind and just you for somebody who's been through it all and to be able to help them Further, how how can they ask you some questions? Yes,
1: absolutely. Well, at, at anybody can reach me on the on my blog, which is mostpowerfuldevice.com, um, which is a site. Uh, it's not the prettiest site in the world, but it's a site that I started after uh, publishing the book, and I uh, I started a blog on that site, and I do post some stuff uh, about. Uh, you know, what goes on around me and, and what I've been through. And, uh, anybody can reach me there. I'm easy to reach. There's a, there's a little email form there and I answer to every email, uh, myself. Um, I'm always glad to hear from people. I'm always glad to, to chat and, and exchange ideas. And um, if, uh, if somebody wants to know a little m- uh, more about myself and my conferences, uh, then uh, they can go over to Claude Vien at C-L-A-U-D-E-V-I-E-N-S dot com. And uh, that talks a little more about uh, my, my conference uh, speaking and all that.
0: Claude, it really has been uh, great to talk to you. And like I said, I, I was genuinely looking forward to having this chat today. Uh, so thank you very much for sharing uh, sharing your story and giving up your value. Uh,
1: I, appreci- I appreciate uh, talking to you. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. And I do uh, really enjoy the opportunity to be on this podcast because I know it's going to change some lives. Thank you thank very much. Thank you. Take care.
0: And that's it for this episode of The Turning Point. As ever, I've been your host, Daniel Moore. And today we've had a fantastic guest in Claude Vignet. So remember that we can make one of life's biggest hurdles that much easier.